Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah. Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so, so happy that you are here. Now, before we get into today, I do want to kind of just put a big disclaimer on this episode. If I, for whatever reason, seem a little less enthusiastic than usual, or if I seem quieter... (laughs) I guess. Um, I do. I I have some sort of throat thing. I think I woke up with like, I don't know if it's strep or I don't know if it's, I don't know. All I know is I woke up with a sore throat. And so it's very interesting. Like when you have a job that revolves around your voice, you don't really like notice it until times like these where you're like, okay, this is going to hurt. But anyways, we are here today with another episode. And as you can tell by the title, we are doing another segment of my favorite, which is what would Sav do? If you are new here and you've never seen a What Would Sav Do Before, this is the segment where I have you guys write in whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're dealing with it, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, and this is where I tell you what me, Sav, hey, hi, hello, would do in said situation. Take everything that I say with a grain of salt. I am just giving my personal opinion on these things, and you can give yours as well in the comments. So with that being said, we're going to jump into it. If you want to be a part of the next What Would Sav Do, make sure you go ahead and follow the My Thoughts Exactly Instagram because that is where we post everything in regards to the podcast. I'm constantly asking you guys for input or questions or anything of that sort. So let's get into it. I have my tea here too. So we quite literally are spilling tea today. Let's get into it. All right. My best friend makes me feel guilty for hanging out with my boyfriend. What do I do? Now, this is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. I think a lot of people have dealt with it. I know personally for me, I have very much switched my mindset on navigating friendships when it comes to dating. So when my when my last like serious relationship, um, which was about, I think it was like started in 2017, that relationship was very much codependent. That relationship was very much one where I shut out my friends and I always chose to hang out with my boyfriend over my friends because it was my first boyfriend. I was head over heels. I was like, you know, in this honeymoon rose colored glasses phase. And in doing that, I really neglected a lot of, if not all of my friendships. And, you know, it was never brought to my attention. Like no one ever addressed it or confronted me with it, but I could tell that it was thought, you know, I could tell that that was a thought that my friends were having. And it was definitely something that they shared after the relationship was over several years later. So with this relationship that I'm in now, you know, I have done a complete 180 with that mindset. I prioritize my friends so heavily and so much more than I ever did before because at the end of the day, and this is not to speak negativity into existence, at the end of the day, the friends that you had you know, before your relationship, you want to keep those friends if and when that relationship ends. Again, not to put that into the universe or speak negativity, but a lot of times what will happen is people get into relationships, they neglect their friends, and then the relationship ends and you go back to your friends and your friends aren't really cool with it anymore. There's no reason for them to be like welcoming you back with open arms because now, you know, 
the person that you were attached to is no longer there. And like, it almost feels like you're using them as a backup in a certain way. And so not to say, I just, again, not to say that this is what you're doing, but that is kind of my experience when it comes to, you know, friendships and relationships, because it is hard, you know, it is hard navigating, you know, your relationship and your person and having them be a priority and your relationship be a priority. But it's also, you know, it's hard to navigate that and having a steady friendship as well but it doesn't have to be again I think it's like a conscious choice and I do think it's easier now that I live with my boyfriend it's easier because I'm able to you know choose to go out with my friends more I'm able to choose to hang out with them more because my boyfriend and I live together so we're together all the time so it's easier but when you're not living together and you really have to make that conscious effort of choosing when to hang out with your partner and when to hang out with your friends and I understand that it is a very it can be hard you know because you want to see your friend or your boyfriend and you want to see your partner but sometimes those relationships need nurturing too. Now, if you think in your heart of hearts that you are doing everything that you can to also maintain that friendship, this is when I would have a conversation with your best friend and I would be like, listen, like I'm really happy and I am having a great time in my relationship, but that doesn't mean that I am shutting you out. It doesn't mean that I don't want to be your friend anymore. It doesn't mean that I want any less of a friendship than we ever had. I still want to maintain both of them. So what in your mind do I need to do in order to maintain that? Like where in this, you know, in this length of time that you've been in this relationship has that fallen flat and just be very open to listening just be very open to hearing her out and seeing what she has to say and then taking some of those things to heart seeing what you can apply and go from there again it might not all be perfect and there might be a little bit of a grudge there sometimes friends get jealous like that's a thing too and it sucks that you have to deal with that but like sometimes that is also a factor in this so I would just have a very open and honest conversation if you feel like you are already doing everything that you can to maintain your friendship as well and you just feel like it's not enough you know because sometimes it is a little bit of jealousy you know there's jealousy in the way of you know you having this happy relationship and her feeling left behind and I think that going into that conversation with that mindset of wanting to be open-minded and save the friendship if like that's the common goal then let's figure out what we can both do in order to get there. My ex-boyfriend broke up with me because I found out that he was texting or sorry, sexting with other girls. Is it my fault? Absolutely not. It is not your fault. And honestly, he did you a favor. He did you a favor and he felt guilty that he got caught and he probably wanted to break up with you before he thought that you would break up with him. Like he probably thought that you were going to break up with him and his ego was like not going to let that happen. So he's like, I'm going to break up with her because there's really no other way that that makes sense. Um, It's selfish. It's an egotistical, immature mindset and you did nothing wrong. So don't let anyone convince you otherwise. And again, he did you a favor. Not necessarily a what would Sav do, but what is your opinion on age gap relationships? Um, Personally, I don't, well, well, this is, you know, this is uh, under the pretense that everything is legal, you know, over 18. I don't think that anyone who is over 18 should be dating anyone under 18 in any circumstance. Um, But when it comes to, you know, two consenting adults who have an age gap relationship, I think that, you know, and this is coming from someone who has friends who do have age gap relationships. If it works, it works. If two people fall in love, two people fall in love. And I'm not really here to dictate that or to, you know, try and get in the way of that. I think that, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I don't know. 
I think it's obvious sometimes when there's like a serious age gap, what's kind of going on. But other than that, if there's just, you know, a five year age gap, a 10 year age gap, that to me is like, you know, why not? If it works, it works. What would Sav do if your ex wants to get back together, but you aren't even sure if you still love him? In this situation, I would not get back together. Um, If you have to question if you're still in love with your ex, then let's just not do it. Like, let's save him. Let's save you both any time wasted. If you are not like 100% yes, if you feel like you need more time, if you feel like you you know, don't miss the relationship, then why even waste your time? I would just go on to the next, on to the next. I wouldn't go back because I feel like the only reason you should get back with your ex is if you're like, you know, if there has been improvement in whatever area you guys chose to broke up under, like for whatever the reason was, if there's been improvement in that. And if you were like, undoubtedly a hundred percent, like this is my person, I want to get back with them then like, okay. But if you're just like, eh, then I wouldn't do it. What do you think of boyfriends buying everything? Example, foods, dates, never letting the girl pay. Okay, this might be like an unpopular, controversial opinion because a lot of the relationships that I have had, I have been the one who has always paid. I've been the one who, um, you know, will always put the card down. I've been the one who goes out of the way to get the gifts. I will go out of the way in every capacity that I can and... I've always made a lot of excuses as for why I've done that. I think a lot of times I was like, oh, you know, I never went to college. And so I've had a job for a lot longer and, you know, I can afford to do this and they can't and blah, 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 bullshit. Here's the thing. I think now my mindset on this is I have no problem, you know, being where I'm at in my relationship now. We're two years in splitting things, right? If he's got dinners he he always gets dinners like Hayden always pays for like dinners and stuff and you know gifts and things like that and he paid in the beginning of the relationship as well I think it's very important to set a pretense and to set a precedent when you are in the beginning of a relationship I think the man should pay and maybe that's old-fashioned maybe that's old school sorry I think the man should pay and you know that's just whatever that's my thoughts and I do think that over time the girl should pay if she wants. I'm not saying you have to, but that's what I do. Because I personally, I always feel really weird whenever I feel like I owe someone something or whenever I feel like I owe someone money or whenever I feel like someone is paying a lot for me. Like I don't really like it. Maybe I should learn to like that, but I really don't. I like feeling like we're equal. I like feeling like, you know, I don't owe you anything or because you think that you bought me a drink that, you know, I'm supposed to go home with you. Like that's just not my vibe. Um, I can pay for my own shit and I don't need someone else to do it for me. If it's a relationship and they want to, and again, like going to dinners, going on dates, like I think whoever, you know, wants to go on the date should pay. Like I think those types of things do um, fall into place just in my life. Um, but if you're someone who's like, I never want to pay ever, then like go you, do that. If you're someone who, you know, likes to kind of split it where you can and like pitch in and help out, then do that. And if you're someone who's like, I always want to pay, then go for it. But for me personally, I do think that, you know, it is important in the very, in the very beginning of a relationship to set a precedent and to have the man pay. And then after that, you can kind of figure out like where you want to start chipping in here and there to help out with certain things and then once you get to living together and stuff like that like everything just kind of I don't know blends in a little bit because you are splitting out or at least you know 
in my situation, like there are things that we split. Um, then there are things that he takes over. There are things that I take over and we just have different responsibilities that way. But in terms of what you said, which was food dates and never letting the girl pay again, if you don't want to pay and he's not letting you pay, then it's a win-win. If you want to pay and he's not letting you pay, maybe have a conversation and be like, it's like, I can pay. It's okay. Um, or yeah, I don't know. That's just my thoughts about it. I don't think that like you should have to pay if you don't want to. Um, and if someone's not, you know, making you pay, but I think that that should be kind of like a conversation. I don't think I ever like paid with Hayden until maybe like the fourth date. Granted, I don't even remember what our fourth date was. I know he definitely paid for like the first two or three definitely the first three. And then I think we like cooked at home or something and I might've like brought over the groceries or something. I'm just guessing. I have no idea what we did for our fourth date, but I did end up like slowly starting to pitch in too. So those are my thoughts. Next one. What would Sav do? I'm not feeling ready to date again, but I'm doing it anyways. Um, I think if you go in to that mindset, just with like a no pressure, you know, let's just like have fun, whatever happens, happens. And just a very like, realistic mindset for yourself as to what your expectations are for other people as well as yourself and then when you are going on dates and whatnot setting those expectations to be very clear is you know I'm not necessarily interested in starting a relationship or I'm not I'm just you know kind of get putting myself out there and getting to know people I think that's really important obviously you don't have to like advertise as that but you know if that conversation comes up and someone's like what are you looking for just feeling like you know I'm just interested in meeting new people right now and kind of seeing where it goes from there something as casual as that I think if you were you know actually having to force yourself to put yourself out there and it's like actually like pulling teeth and it's torturous for you then don't do it <laughs> no one's forcing you and you don't have to and I think it's okay if you just, you know, want to take your time with that. You know, there's no, there's no rush. There's no rush at all. Hey, Sab, I'm in a new relationship, two months officially together, and I want to meet his family and have him start to open up more about his past. I don't want him to feel pressured, but I want to learn about him and the things that shaped him into who he is now. How should I go about doing this? And what do you think is the appropriate and realistic timeline to meeting your significant other's family? Okay, this is really hard because, well, it's it's really not, but in terms of like a timeline wise, that is very, very subjective. And um, I know for me personally, like I never really had boyfriends in high school and my first boyfriend, I think met my family, I don't know. We got together in September. He might've met them around like the December timeframe, probably the December timeframe, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's like three months or so. But again, I think it's, you know, if you're in high school or whatnot, it's different. It's different for everyone. You know, I just saw Sophia with an F, like her podcast, and she was talking about how meeting the family is something that's like not really significant for her. She was like, if I like you and I'm like, oh, let's go chill with my mom after this and they go do it. Like, it's not a big deal. Personally, for me, I'm not like that. Meeting my family is a big deal to me. And if I'm letting you into that part of my life, it means that I actually see a potential future with you. But again, everyone is different. Um, in terms of getting him to open up about his past, I would just be very honest with him. I would be like, listen, I really am 
well, you don't want to say I love you yet if you haven't said it, but you would just, could just say like, listen, I'm really enjoying our time together. I'm really enjoying our relationship. I've loved getting to know you thus far. And I want to be able to learn more about you and learn who, like what shaped you into, into the person that you are, why you are the way that you are and all of the things that make you, you. I don't think that anyone would be mad if that was said to them. I know me personally, I would be like, oh my God, that's amazing. They care about me. Um, but yeah, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Did you say that you want to meet his family or you are about to? I want to meet his family. Okay. The meeting the family thing, I would say let him do that on his own. Like let him do that on his own timeline because eventually you will. Like if this is going to be a relationship that you're in for the long haul, like you will eventually meet his family, but just focus on getting to know him more first, you know? And I think that if you want to bring up the conversation of him meeting or you meeting his family, then bring up the conversation of him meeting yours and see how he reacts to that. If he already has, then be like, I'm so glad that you've met my family. Like when do you think that you're going to be comfortable with me meeting yours? Um, and just kind of respect his timeline on that because it's just very subjective. Some people see it very differently than others. Um, so yeah, I would just be very honest in that conversation. I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Okay. What would Sav do? How would you handle gym anxiety? I want to go, but I'm nervous because of the eyes on me. I definitely understand this. A lot of times when I go to the gym or I'm in in my workouts, like in the gym, I've noticed over the past couple of years, I've definitely had times of feeling insecure because I feel like there's a lot of like gym rats or what are they called? Gym bros and gym girls and TikTok girlies and whatever. Everyone's like in the gym and they're doing their thing. And for someone who's like not an advanced fitness person, I'm not necessarily like on their caliber. And so I feel like sometimes like I look like an idiot and here's what I've decided. And here's what I've, you know, gathered from those years of thinking like that is that really no one cares. No one cares. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean it in a great way. I mean it in the way that we sometimes as humans, like get so in our head about thinking that everyone is looking at us and judging us and everything. Not really from everyone that I've talked to, who is like an avid workout person from everyone that like all of my friends and like, you know, social media and things like that. No one seems to care. And as much as that was kind of like a, oh really? Like it's not like a slap in the face, but I'm like, excuse me. Um, it's actually a really great thing. And I do think that there's a lot of truth to that. I think that a lot of times we go into it getting so in our head about like, oh my God, do I look like an idiot? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I doing this wrong? Are they going to think I'm like, don't belong here? And it's like, honestly, everyone who's in the gym working out is solely just working out for themselves, focusing on themselves. And sometimes they're just so in their head that they can't even like think to think about other people or judge other people, which is a bad thing and a good thing in and of itself. But that I would just, you know, understand that if you're going to the gym, first of all, you're already there. You're doing what's best for you. You're choosing yourself. Go in and just do your thing. It doesn't have to be an extreme intense workout if you don't want it to be. You could just go in and stretch. You can go in and do a little like little just weights or walk on the treadmill or whatever it is and feel confident in the fact that you're choosing to better yourself. You're choosing to take care of yourself. Like that should give you the confidence to walk in there and don't worry about other people judging you because I promise you no one is. What would you do if your ex from high school is still saying he likes you? I dealt with this for years. And let me tell you guys, just no, (laughs) just don't do it. Do not do it. I have had so many, not so many. I've had, you know, several, you know, exes from high school over the years reach out and then you kind of like start to talk and you talk about getting back together and oh, I still like you. I still like you too. Well, maybe we should, maybe this time it'll work. Just don't do it. (laughs) 
don't do it unless you really want to unless you're like this is my person but like I just wouldn't give it the time of day I think like what happened in high school stays in high school well I really can't speak to that actually now that I'm thinking about it because I definitely did not follow that but if I could go back I would say what happens in high school stays in high school and I think that you should just focus on the future and if you're not into it if you like have to sit here and you're like Sav what should I do I don't think you should do it because I don't think you want to do it and if he still says he likes you just be like listen I am in a new phase of my life and a new chapter of my life and like I appreciate it and we can stay in touch but I'm not really interested in getting into a relationship again with you how do I navigate being in a relationship with someone who struggles with mental health but doesn't like to talk about it so I don't know how to help? Okay, this is one of those things where you need to have a very honest conversation and a very open conversation because I think a lot of times when we see people struggling, we like to, our first instinct is to help them the way we want to be helped. But a lot of times that's not what resonates with other people. That's not what works with other people. It's our first instinct because it's what works for us. So we assume that it's going to work for them, but that's not always the case. So in this instance, I would have a sit down conversation with them and I would tell your partner, listen, like I love you and I know that you're struggling and I'm so sorry that you have to carry this burden on you right now, but I want you to know that I am here and I support you like however you want me to be whether that's being really hands-on, whether that's giving you distance, whatever you want, whatever that looks like for you, you just tell me and I will I will do it. And until then, I just want you to know I'm here. I think a lot of times just knowing that someone is there is really reassuring. Having that reassurance and that comfort of knowing that your person is by your side is all that is needed a lot of the time. And it's just sometimes that simple, but I would have the conversation and be like, listen, I know that what works for me might not work for you, but I want to know if there's anything in particular or anything specific that would. And if not, I just want you to know that I'm going to be here no matter what. And I think that again, like just giving them the option is going to be helpful. Hi, Sav. I'm losing a lot of people in my life as I'm trying to level up mentally. I've gotten older, or sorry, as I've gotten older, I've realized a lot of my friendships belong with the old version of me, not who I am becoming. How do you suggest I navigate this when I know I need to move on, but my heart is hurting to do so? It's like I don't want to let go because of the fear of the unknown. Love you. Well, I love you too. And I'm so proud of you for leveling up mentally. I think that that's amazing. And I think a lot of what you're saying goes back into that friendship episode that we talked about not too long ago. And honestly, I think that the phrase, you know, friendships come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lesson is very prevalent here. And in the fact that a lot of the friendships that you are experiencing may have just been for a season of your life and that's okay. You are going to find new friends in your next season of life, in your next era, in your next chapter. You are going to find your people, you are going to find your circle and if that circle does not include your old friends, whether that's because they, you know, are they are into old habits that you're trying to break or whether that's just they're not your people anymore or you don't enjoy being around them anymore. That's all very much okay. And we can take that and we can use that to know what we want 
for our circle and our friends and our tribe for the next season. And I think it's really important to realize that and understand that. Oftentimes, and I said this in the friendship episode, it is better to be alone and to be by yourself and to be thriving on your own and to be evolving and all of the things than it is to be surrounded by a bunch of people that you don't want to be around, a bunch of people who are negative, a bunch of people who are bringing you down. It is better to be on your own, I promise you, because the energy that you put out is the energy that you're going to attract. If you go into this next season of life and this next era for you, you know, just thriving and working on yourself, you're going to attract like-minded people. You're going to attract like-minded individuals and don't let the fear of the unknown stop you from doing so. You know, if you have friends that you want to keep around that were in your old season of life, you know, you didn't say that, but I mean, if you do, then like, I would just be very much honest with them and be like, listen, this is where I'm at in my life. This is what I want for my next season of life. I'm just trying to focus on myself. I'm trying to do me and I'm trying to elevate my life then I would be very honest with your friends and the true friends, the ones who like are with you through the thick of it will be by your side in that. But also you will find new friends who resonate with the era that you are at as well. You know, I recently, this just goes to show like a year ago, I thought I found like the two, like we were like the three musketeers. And I talked about this, like I had found my friends and I was like, this is it. I found my people, whatever. Then, you know, shit happened. And fast forward to a year later and it's like, I have a whole new, you know, set of friends or not a whole new set, but I have, you know, a new friend, (laughs) a new friend, just one singular one. But honestly, I would take that over anything. Like, we're on the same wavelength. I think that I've literally found my twin. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it is someone who I resonate with so much who is on, like we just get each other. And that happened when I least expected it. It happened at a time where I never saw it coming. And it's very similar to what you're dealing with. So I would just say, don't be afraid of the unknown. Embrace it. Embrace the change. Embrace this new season of life and just say like, bring it on. Like, let's see what it's going to come or let's see what's going to come with it. That's what I would do. You're going to be okay. All right. This is, okay. This is, (laughs) this is a different one. It says, I bought all the cemetery plots next to my dad's. Am I the asshole? My grandma is old, but she never cared about us and treated my dad like shit. Am I the asshole? Um, (laughs) I would say no. No. If she never cared about any of you and she treated your dad like shit, then no. And also you bought them. So she could have bought them, but she didn't. Um, Yeah. No, I wouldn't feel bad about that. Next one. I want to be with my boyfriend, but everything he does pisses me off. Okay. This needs you. Okay. Here's my thoughts on this. Is this like a everything he pisses me off and like everything that he does like annoys me and like, ugh, like he's just annoying? Or is this like everything he does pisses me off? Like I am fucking over this man and like he can't do anything right and I'm just grossed out by him at all times. Because if it's the latter, then I would start to kind of reconsider where what we're doing and reconsider where we're at. But if it's, you know, if it's one of those things where it's like, because I'm not going to lie, like we've all had phases like this where it's like everything that our boyfriend does is like, like it's just annoying but every time I've had that like I get out of it and I I realize it's just like a phase for like three days and then I'm over it but if this is like a long-lasting thing and you're just like I don't like you then I would reconsider 
Next one. Okay. A boy I really liked has just stopped replying to me after seven weeks and his ex requested me on Facebook and her profile picture is him and her. I'm an overthinker. What would Sav do? P.S. I love you. I love you too. Um, In this situation, I think it's very clear what happened. Um, And it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. And the thing is, is that I think you just, I mean, you just have to stop talking to the guy. I think that that's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if she reaches out to you and asks you what's going on. Um, but if she doesn't, I would just stop talking to him and I would just move on because it's clear that, you know, whatever's going on with them, there is something still lingering and still going on, whether that's a full on relationship, whether they're trying to get back together, whatever it is. And so I wouldn't entertain that. We don't need to be involved in anyone else's mess. Okay, now we're moving on to the longer ones that are in my DMs. So let's get into that too. I've been struggling a lot with my mental health and I'm not sure how to get more motivation. I just have no energy anymore. What would Sav do? Okay, first off, I'm very sorry that you are feeling like that and you're feeling like you're lacking motivation and drive and it's a really heavy feeling. And so I'm very sorry that you are experiencing it. Um, I would say that in the times that I have felt like this, what's been really important for me is to break my routine, to do something different, whether that's walking to a local coffee shop, whether that's going for a walk in general, going on a drive, doing something that isn't just sitting in my room and sulking and, you know, I think that it's good to recognize your feelings and to sit with them for some time. But once you do, like, I think the best way to get motivated and to kind of get back into doing things is to break your normal routine. And I just kind of visualize it as like glass breaking, if that makes sense. And then you're able to just like walk through. Like, I feel like sometimes there's like a glass wall and we're just like behind it. This is just, this might be really stupid. This is just kind of the way my brain works. And there's like a glass wall, we're behind it and we feel like we can't go forward. We feel like we're losing motivation. We feel like, you know, we're just really struggling, but then we break our routine. We do something different. We do something that makes us happy, you know, doing something that makes you feel good. And then the glass breaks and we're able to walk through and, Just breaking the routine, doing something different so the days don't feel as mundane. Again, doing something that makes you happy, doing something that makes you feel good and just better. Even like the little things like taking a shower, taking like an everything shower or washing your sheets or, you know, having your favorite comfort meal, things like that. But I am really sorry that you're going through it, but I promise you it will get better. Okay, next one. I met this boy a few months ago and I really, really like him. However, I am going traveling soon for seven months. Should I try long distance with him or end things before they get more serious? It really feels like right person, wrong time. I would say like seven months is quite some time. It definitely is not nothing. Um, So I would have a very honest conversation with him and I would say, well, you did say you were talking. Did you say you're in a relationship or that you were just talking? So let me go back and say this for a second. Um, I've met this boy and I really, really like him. Oh, but you're traveling soon for seven months. Okay. 
I guess it just depends. Oh, you met this boy a few months ago. Sorry. My brain is like all over the place. You met this boy a few months ago. You're about to go away for seven months. You don't know if you continue talking or not. I don't think that there's any wrong, anything wrong with continuing to talk. I just wouldn't fully commit yourself. I wouldn't commit yourself for the seven months that you're gone to be like not tied down. That doesn't sound right. But like, you know, like you want to be able to just explore and like whatever you're doing for these seven months, be able to do it to your fullest and like have a bunch of fun and not have to worry that you're like constantly, you know texting someone back or calling them back or whatnot. I would say that if you were already in the relationship, it would be a lot different. I would just say, yeah, like do the long distance, figure out how to make it work. But since you're not actually dating, I would just have a very open and honest conversation with him and just be like, listen, we both know that I'm leaving for seven months and like that's going to suck. But I do, you know, I want to continue to talk to you. And when we get back or when I get back, then we can, you know, hang out again and see where things go from there. But I don't want to put any pressure on either of us while I'm gone. But I also do want to continue to talk to you. I want to like continue to text you and call you and whatever. And then when I get back, we can see where things are at. I don't think that you should put pressure on yourself to get into a relationship or to start dating him. Because like if you weren't going on this trip, would you date him? Or is it just because you're leaving that you're like, oh, should I just date him just because I'm like going on this trip? No, I think that you should enjoy your trip and just talk to him. Just continue to talk to him. Continue to do what you want to do for the seven months. You can talk to him as well. And then when you get back, if he's still, you know, there, I think that that's a risk you're going to have to take. I think that um, you can't expect him to not be with anyone else when you come back. So there is a little bit of a risk factor there, but it's the same for you too. You get to go out and enjoy and like have fun and live your seven month wherever you're going to the fullest. So that's what I would do. But with that being said, you guys, that is going to be the end of this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of My Thoughts Exactly. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. If you haven't already, we post weekly here on the podcast every Thursday and you're not going to want to miss it. I'll be back next week with a brand new one for you guys and I will see you there. Bye guys. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.